Welcome to Center Scripts. Here we talk about health, wellness, and practical tips for your everyday life. I'm your host, Cami Smith. Hey everyone, and welcome to Centrist Scripts. My name is Cami Smith, and I am your host. So today I am here with Krista Leak, and she is a physical therapist. And we're going to be talking about um, concussions, something that I would say many people have had experience with, especially in this season. We're headed into fall. We're headed into the school year, the new sports season, where there is a lot of knocking around happening. And so for parents, but also for athletes and for just the public in general, it's so important to know the things that will help you that can be preventative, but then also for care after the fact. So mm-hmm. Krista, I want you to tell us a little bit about your role here at Center before we jump into all of that. Um, how did you get into this field? Well, um, by trade, I'm a physical therapist and I'm also a certified athletic trainer. Okay. And so both of those um, are involved in concussion care. Mm-hmm. Um, but my role at Centra, I am the clinical coordinator of quality. And so I really focus on making sure that everyone is performing evidence-based treatment and that we're giving the best quality care that we can. I love that. So what is a concussion? Like a clinical perspective? Because I know when when I hear concussion, I hear somebody got hit in the head and you need to be very careful. But from a clinical perspective, how can you define that for us? So the official definition of a cushion is that it is, it's a type of a traumatic brain injury. Okay. Um, it is caused by a bump, a blow, or a jolt to the head, or by a hit to the body that can actually cause the head to shake and the brain will either go forward or back, side to side, or even turn inside of the skull. And that sudden movement can cause the brain to bounce around, twist, and then it causes a chemical reaction. Um, And sometimes it can even some stretching or damaging to the brain cells. But the important thing is, is that chemical reaction. It's not um, where you get a severe traumatic brain injury, where you may have a bleed in the brain, which is a structural thing. This is something that's very difficult to see. And sometimes I like to explain it like it's a sprained brain versus a bruised brain or a cracked skull. Um, And it is, what's interesting, it is kind of an invisible illness. You can't look at someone and say, oh, you have a concussion. So it is very much a clinical diagnosis. We go by signs, we go by symptoms and how someone is feeling. There are imaging that you can do. They rarely show anything. Yeah. Um, That was so surprising to me when I saw that, like an MRI or a CT scan, Mm -hmm. this will not detect a concussion. Right. Occasionally, if it's super severe, you may see some changes on there. But for the most of the time, like I said, if it is a chemical Mm -hmm. injury, you're not going to see that structural change in the brain. It's still very real. The symptoms are very real. They're not to be discounted, not to be lightened, but um, it is difficult to see. There are some newer tests out there, but a lot of them, there's blood tests, there's eye tests, but at this time, they're not super valuable in helping to figure out um, when someone sustained a concussion. It may say they have one. It doesn't tell us how severe. It doesn't let us know how long it's going to take to recover. Wow. So there's no picture that can be produced that's of what's happening inside because of it's a chemical right. It's reaction, a clinical picture, which I've never heard that a chemical re- like release or reaction, which explains a blood test. But 
That's new knowledge for me. That's so interesting. So how common would you say it is outside? I mean, I think it's pretty common in some sports, like you mentioned, and I'd love for you to share that, but outside of sports, even like, how is it very common for people to get a concussion? It is, you know, obviously sports, I think is what gets the greatest um, media coverage. That's what we talk about most. We see professional football players. We have um, our knowledge base is growing, but You also can get concussions with car accidents. Mm -hmm. Um, A big one is falls, especially in an older population. People fall, they hit their head. Mm. There was one study that looked at people that were in long-term care facilities and they tracked falls. And what they found is that 30% of people that fell actually hit their head. And so when we do see these populations, you have to make sure that we are doing a screen and we are checking for concussion Mm because a lot of times someone falls, they have a broken hip. We focus on that broken hip and we forget that there may be other things that are going on. Yeah. Unseen things. And so I love, I mean, you just have such a wealth of knowledge. I mean, the ease at which you talk about this, (laughs) I love that. And so it makes me feel so much better (laughs) knowing that, you know, because there is that focus on maybe a main injury and a concussion can be a secondary injury that people don't think about. And so what are symptoms um, or how, how do you tell, like, let's say someone does fall, they do have a hip injury. What causes you like to take alert that maybe there's something else going on, maybe a concussion? Well, anytime someone hits their head, that's the first thing is we want to figure out, did you hit your head? If they hit their head, there needs to be further assessment. And your assessment you do immediately is Mm -hmm. very different than what you may do, you know, a day after or a couple days after. Mm -hmm. So the first thing you do is you always check someone for a loss of consciousness. That's kind of obvious. If there is a loss of consciousness, there is some sort of head injury, concussion. Um, And if someone is unconscious, we always, first thing we do is we make sure that there's not a neck injury and we treat them like they have a neck injury. Um, But if someone is awake... Um, You start asking questions, you know, what happened? Because um, sometimes they forget what happens. If they don't know what happened, they had a concussion. Um, We want to ask them how they're feeling. Are they having a headache? Are they having dizziness? Are they um, experiencing nausea, vomiting? Yeah. All these different things. So I'm sure many of us are thinking about that like how many fingers am I holding up (laughs) or, or you always see um, doctors kind of shine a light and pull it away. Are those things that actually happen or is that just what the entertainment industry is telling us? Those (laughs) things actually happen. You do want to look at um, eye movements because that is very um, indicated of how the brain might be working. We want to see, can you track things? Are your eyes following? Can you, are you seeing double vision? Um, We want to look at balance because it is very common to have balance issues afterwards. Okay. You know, we may have an athlete come out and we're like, okay, I want you to remember these five words. And we may give them five words to remember. Then we do an exam and then we come back and say, can you remember these five words? Um, We want to challenge their brain to see, you know, it's not obvious. We may say, okay, I want you to count backwards from a hundred by sevens. Um, you know, list the months of the year, but start in December and go backwards. And and these are things you're talking to the athlete and they yeah. seem to be okay. And then you challenge their brain a little bit, make them think hard. 
Um, and I just, one thing I remember is someone, okay, I want you to say the months of the year backwards. And they said, December, January, February, March, April, May. And mm. you're like, okay, good. And then you go on and you're like, in your head, you're like, that's not backwards. That's not good. I need to keep going. I need to ask more questions. There is a concussion going on here. And- yes. Yes. So as you're talking, I'm thinking of just maybe even misconceptions or, and I don't know that I want to call them myths because it's not that they're completely false, but incorrect things that we are believing or told. So for example, um, I have young kids and a lot of times when they fall, my first question is, did you hit the front of your head or did you hit the back of your head? And I don't know where I heard that or if that is even relevant, but I ask it every time. And so I think as parents, you know, who don't have this clinical training, we're just wanting to tell, is this serious? What should I do next? Um, And so it's good to hear these symptoms, but are there any myths that you have heard that you can just debunk for us now? Oh, well, I think... I'm a certified athletic trainer, so I, um, and I haven't done this in a while, but I used to work on the football field. And a lot of okay. times what we would hear all the time is, oh, they just got their bell rung. They just got their bell rung. They're okay. They just got their bell rung. Yeah. Well, that is a concussion. So to yeah. me, it's not, they just got their bell rung. Um, and then one big myth, um, and I don't know if it's a myth because this is what I learned to do is we used to tell people when you get a concussion, completely rest. We want you dark room shades down, do nothing, nothing. And they've actually found if you do absolutely nothing, you take longer to recover. And so instead of doing nothing, we want, I would say, um, active rest. We do want you resting. We don't want high activity. We don't Mm -hmm. want a lot of physical activity. We don't want doing schoolwork or doing a, a very difficult work project, but it is okay to do some light activity. Okay. And how do you know how much? You kind of base it on your symptoms. If you are watching TV and it is making your symptoms worse, yeah. that's too much, you know, brain activity, too much cognitive activity. But if you're lying down and you are watching TV and it's not bothering you, then that's okay. Okay. Or if you get up and you take a, a walk around the house and that's not increasing your symptoms, that's perfectly fine. We want you doing that. If you're going for a walk outside and your symptoms gets worse, that's too much. Okay. So I usually say about 48 hours, mm-hmm. we want to shut down and rest, but not complete rest, just okay. slightly rest. And then we'll gradually increase activity, further assessment, um, and we base base this all on symptoms. Yeah. So trust your body. Mm-hmm. So how long do symptoms typically last? So there, it's highly variable. Sometimes it's minutes. Sometimes it's hours. Hmm. It can be days. It can be weeks. It can be months. And sometimes it's very long term. Um, there was a study done on football players that looked at how long symptoms typically last. And mm-hmm. 80% we're completely recovered in eight, in three weeks. Oh, okay. And so that's good. You know, it's very positive. 90% were completely recovered in a month. So the chances mm-hmm. are you're going to be recovered quickly. Um, but there was that small percentage that took longer than a month to recover. Mm-hmm. So they've looked at, you know, what things kind of predict what takes longer to recover. Mm-hmm. Um, so not just football players, but if you look at everyone, the very young, and the older tend to take longer to recover. Okay. And if you think about someone that's older, there usually are a lot of other medical conditions. There may be a history of migraines or mm. there may be high blood pressure. There yeah. may be diabetes, 
heart disease. So these things kind of contribute. But if you look at someone that's had a concussion on field, Mm -hmm. what things can predict how long it can take to recover? If they are not taking out of of play, Mm. they are 8.8 times more likely to take that longer than three weeks. Oh, wow. And if they're not taken out of play, even if they're just running and doing things, it doubles their recovery time. Okay. So when in doubt, take them out. Yeah. But then if you look at symptoms like headaches or dizziness and vomiting, loss of consciousness, though there was only one thing that they found on field that showed that this person was going to take longer to recover. And that was dizziness. So mm. that was the most common. Okay. And I think what's fascinating to me is loss of consciousness, immediate seizures did not predict longer recovery. Recovery. And those really? football players, they actually recovered quicker, which it's just everybody's very, body is going to yeah. respond in a different way. So that was surprising huh. to me because I would think if someone was knocked out or unconscious, that that would mean yeah. a lengthier or, recovery. Or a seizure, like yeah. that would cause alarm. And vomiting. Vomiting yes. is very alarming. But that was one thing in this in this study that showed that was not a worse prognostic factor. Okay. So I'm curious, is is it common for someone to have a longer recovery period the more often, if they get concussions more often, specifically in the case of sports? Is there long-term damage that's done? So that was another thing that, um, there was another study, they looked at factors in someone's life that cause longer recovery when they got a concussion. Mm-hmm. And that was one thing, if they recovered in between each concussion, yeah. that it was not a risk factor for longer recovery. Oh, wow. Okay. So things that are risk factors, a history of depression, history of migraines, anxiety, mm. different kind of mood disorders. Okay. You know, obviously they are a brain um, yeah. issue. And so those things predicted longer recovery. Okay. So let's talk about treatment. So you are a physical therapist, and I would assume that that's a big part of treatment. But what does treatment look like for someone who has had a concussion on on any level? So it definitely has to be individualized because we talked about concussions present so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a team approach. There are multiple clinicians that are involved in this. Um, so we look, at, we like to break it down into the different kind of categories of symptoms. Mm-hmm. So if someone is presenting with physical symptoms, such as balance disorders, um, we're going to focus on balance. Um, we have what we call vestibular specialist. If someone is presenting with visual, you know, a lot of times mm-hmm. trouble focusing, dizziness, vertigo, we're going to have a balance um, vertigo specialist, vestibular specialist treat this patient. And that is a physical therapist. Okay. If they're having cognitive issues is the main issue. The treatment will maybe be speech therapy. Okay. If they're mood disorders, we may want a neuropsychologist or psychologist to help with the mood disorders. Mm -hmm. Um, Sleep dysfunction is very common. So we may send them to someone that specializes in sleep. Mm -hmm. The other thing is the same mechanism that causes a head injury tends to cause neck injuries. Mm, And so if there's a neck component, neck Injuries can cause dizziness, can cause headaches, can cause nausea, all these things. So we want a physical therapist that specializes in neck to treat that. Um, And another big thing is 
exercise intolerance. Mm -hmm. People, when they're recovering, they feel fine until they exert themselves. And so there's some thought that the brain is now no longer regulating well um, the circulation in your brain or regulating your heart. And Mm -hmm. so there is an endurance or a cardiovascular type of treatment that we do when people are having these symptoms where we gradually increase cardiovascular conditioning. So we're actually bringing on some symptoms, but we are monitoring the whole time to know how far to push and how much to kind of back off to help speed that recovery. Wow. Do you find that everyone will seek treatment? I know that in in a sports case, you're you're there. And Mm -hmm. so you're going to get treatment. But when I think about, you know, the other injuries that may happen at home, they may happen at work, they may not be something where you immediately think, I should go get this checked out. You think you're okay. Is yeah. that common? And oh, what, are the, what would common. you do? It's even common in sports. They looked at high school um, kids that played sports. Uh-huh. 40% of them that had concussions did not report them. Because what is the treatment? It's take you out of play. Mm. And so... A lot of ambition. Yeah. And (laughs) and as someone who works or someone works, you don't want to be taken out of work. (laughs) And so I think a lot of that is not reported for fear because you don't want to take out of work. And part of that is education. Yes. Um, You know, if you don't stop what you're doing, it's going to take you longer to recover. Mm -hmm. But I also think people don't realize they have a concussion or realize maybe some of the symptoms that you're having are related to a concussion. Um, Mood disorders, you know, are you, did you hit your head and you think I'm fine, but are you snapping at your family? Mm. Are you now cranky? Did you choose someone out over something small where you would never would have done that before? You know? Okay. So pay attention to mood swings, pay attention to things that are outside of your normal behavior. Right. Do you feel slow? Do you feel tired? All the time. Yeah. (laughs) After you've hit your head or after you, you know, and I think a lot of times you don't have to hit your head to have a concussion. And so people don't think this is related to my head or my brain. You fell on your butt and your head jerked. Yeah. And you're having some weird symptoms. Well, that could be related. This has been so incredibly helpful. Just the thought and and the visual of like your brain moving inside your skull and that is what's causing it. It just opens my eyes to seeking care when I probably would not normally for myself or even for my family thinking that everything's just fine. So I hope this is very helpful for everyone. I do want to talk about um, preventative steps, which is difficult because you don't know when you're going to bump your head. So how do you prevent something like this, like this type of injury? You know, I think it is difficult to prevent. There is maybe a small amounts of research that if you are stronger around your neck in football players, that this can help prevent um, some injuries. Obviously helmets, that's why they're there to protect Mm -hmm. the brain. You know, they... When you look at injuries in football, Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of concussions anymore from helmet-to-helmet contact. Okay. And so rules have helped prevent that. You know, they have changed rules in football. That's not legal. And they really have cracked down on that. And that has reduced um, the most common way that people get concussions now in football or hitting their head on the ground. Okay. So wearing a helmet, um, being smart, you know, you, you can't always prevent things, but... Obviously, if your balance is off or you have an injury, 
working on your balance, working on your coordination. So you're less likely to fall. Yeah. And I imagine it's also so important in this case to just take care of yourself. Because as you mentioned, things like anxiety and tiredness and other even issues that can be going on with our mental health can play into the, the length of recovery, which of course we all need to get back to our lives after any type of disruption, like an injury or a concussion. So, um, so take care of yourselves, take care of your mind, take care of your body. Um, that can be preventative and sleep, you know, because if you don't sleep, you're more at risk for having an injury or a fall or, or all kinds of um, health issues. Yeah. Well, is there anything else that sticks out to you that you think would just be really important for us to know that I didn't ask you about or that has come to mind? You know, I think the most important thing that there is help out there and Mm -hmm. there is treatment um, and there's multiple things you can do. You know, there are medications, there are exercise, but it's very hard to do this on your own. And you need someone there to help kind of manage the whole treatment plan and the treatment process. Um, and give yourself a break. It's okay. You know, you're having an issue. Yeah. You're, it's your brain is sprained. It doesn't look like anything's wrong. So it's, so you have to communicate to people, you know, mm-hmm. um, just letting you know, you know, I've had this injury to my head. I really want to hang out with you, but maybe is there any way we can go to a quiet place instead of hanging out with yeah. a large band or, you know, at work? I'm having a little trouble. Is there any way that I can definitely take an hour lunch break and let my brain calm down? Or I'm having trouble with three computer screens. Is it okay if I delegate this task to someone else and I take this task where it's only going to require me to look at one computer screen? Yeah. So advocate for yourself. Yes. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Krista. This has been so informative. And um, you can check out our social media channels as well as centratoday.com, where we have a lot of information, including an article that was written on concussion so that we can educate ourselves and be ready, not just for the fall sports season, but also just to take care of ourselves overall. And so thank you for joining us today again on Centra Scripts.